Hey everyone, you're listening to Cosmic Crit, and it's your friendly neighborhood game master, podcaster, and remastered Blu-ray 20th anniversary edition of 1997's movie, The Fifth Element. Patrick here. Welcome, one and all, and everyone listening this week as this episode airs, and in the future way past today's date, I am joined in this introduction by not just one of my co-hosts, but all five of them. Say hello, everybody. Hello, hello everybody. Hey, guys. Guys, this is episode 50. Whee! <laughs> episode 50 of the podcast proper. Welcome to uh, one of our huge milestone episodes here on the show. By the time you're listening to this, we will be getting back from Dragon Con. We'll have celebrated the podcast and Starfinder's one-year anniversary. And we made some really fun announcements if you follow us on social media. So it's been a, it's been a pretty busy month in general, coming out of skitter shot and getting back into this game. But in general, it has been an even crazier year. This entire year on the podcast, we smashed over 100,000 downloads, uh, nearly double that number again, and in the meantime, had on some great guests from other podcasts, as well as Starfinder friends like Dan Peck and, and Paizo developers and writers. And at this point, we've played through more than two-thirds of the Dead Sun's adventure path. So... Yeah, episode 50. I just want to take some time at the beginning of the episode and give you all the floor. Say whatever you'd like. Uh, why, why, <laughs> Tyler, why don't you start us off? I mean, it, it, it's kind of like you said, it has been a crazy year. Mm. I never really thought when, you know, when we started playing that we would ever, that it kind of led here. It was kind of a, I mean, the whole thing basically started on a whim. I think when Patrick or somebody just offhand comment, commented like, God, oh, these are so fun. We should record them. And we did. And it's like, well, since we're doing this, we might as well put it out. And it's like, yeah, we might as well. It's just been quite a quite a wild ride to see people. I've never created something that people appreciated, you know? And so when you you make something and you, you put it out there and it's your baby and uh, you don't immediately watch people just flush it down the toilet, that's a really great feeling. <laughs> You're making your life sound very sad, Tyler. Yeah, yeah, no, you had a pretty amazing life, so calm down. <laughs> well, it's, just, it's, it's very different. My background is very much in sports. And so I mm. I, I, I got to experience what it was like the, the jockey side of life in high school and a little bit in college. And this is just, it's just been a, a a whole different ride that has been extremely fulfilling. I've gone from not knowing you guys to knowing you guys, playing a ton of video games with you guys, to now making a podcast, and I've met most of you in real life, and that's insane, and I love it, and okay. I want to keep doing it until I get old and I die, like oh, Andis. Okay, that's a lot of that's a lot to say. How about how about we <laughs> we go for another th strong three years? <laughs> let's, okay. Leave it at that. okay, that's a good. I, I feel like life on this friendship, Tyler. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. That's a good. Let's idea. let's go from the show's jock apparently to the show's goth Miles. Do you have anything to say on our? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm the goth 15, now. Apparently, <laughs> um, I guess I am the one in, into horror. Um, well, to echo what what Tyler was saying is, you know, when we first started doing uh, the Pathfinder Final Fantasy game as kind of a, 
a, a goof and it was it was a lot of fun when when you first brought up the idea of like oh we should do starfinder because it's starting up soon and we can get there on the, the ground up and it'll be fun for us and it has it has been super super rewarding and and part of it is i'm playing with five of my best friends uh the discord was something that i didn't think would initially be very populated and and it's it's become part of my my daily routine is being mm. in that discord and talking to everybody and we've had so many people just become part of this this community and and that's i think the weirdest thing to me is that we we created this little community and and one of the things i'm most proud of because i think that everyone there is fantastic and i feel that we've all become friends and and even family in some ways because we talk about you know our daily lives and uh, the stuff we're very passionate about they're very familiar with the things that i'm passionate about <laughs> and and we get to broadcast our daily arguments uh to everyone <laughs> yeah. to see. thank you miles and from there let's go on to jabert Jabert, what you got to say? Hey there, Patrick. Um, I've got my my famous rich person glasses on because now we are celebrities of the internet. And <laughs> oh yeah, I got that podcast fame going. I got, got that podcast heat. I walk down the street and people say, "Who's that?" Because they don't know who I am. But if I talk and I say my name, they say, "Oh, that's who it is." That's the kind of that's the kind of heat I'm bringing to this. And it's all because of our listeners. If I'm not being a weirdo for a second, uh, I all I adore all of them. <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening and for sharing the show. It's just uh, it's been a really rewarding experience, and um, we hope to keep it up for you guys. Indeedy duty. Uh, from Jabert, how about we go on to Drew? Howdy, Drew. It is so difficult to narrow down to one thing uh, about the last year of the show to talk about. And part of that is because, uh, you know, I've, I've been podcasting for a very long time. And this show, as much as I love our, our, our other show and I love our the, the audience and fans of our other show, this, this show just brought out a whole new... A whole new gamut of experiences for 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 people just coming and finding us and and talking to us and, and experiencing this new game together with us and that's been really cool i've loved seeing the starfinder society take off in discord I, i've loved the conversations at, at all in discord i love the fact that i get to talk about gundam on a daily basis and people know what i'm talking about and they don't look at me like i'm so kind of weirdo <laughs> Yeah, don't don't worry. I give them enough uh, looks in your direction to to make up for the lack of weirdo looks. <laughs> and, and honestly, it's it's just been a tremendous experience to hang out with you guys for so many many hours and days and weeks and what has been the longest fastest year uh, of of a podcast ever. And how about finally, Rebecca? What you got to say, Rebecca? I just want to extend a heartfelt thanks to the five of you for giving me a weekly game with five people that I genuinely enjoy spending time with and for creating five characters that I genuinely enjoy spending time with. I feel extremely lucky to have the five of you to have introduced me to Tabletop in the uh, to begin with, but also just to have a weekly game. I think that that's a rarity that we have a dedicated gaming group that shows up every week and, and I mean, fully shows up is a hundred percent dedicated to it. And I, I just feel very lucky to have that. So thank you. Um, and thank you, especially to Patrick for, for weaving a fantastic story. And of course, to Paizo for creating this awesome game. 
was about to say I, I disappeared for like two weeks a while back there, but <laughs> I understand the sentiment. Yeah. <laughs> um, for my part, I, I want to go back to what Drew said and thank all the Crittermander captains out there that have joined us in our Discord channel in, in GMing Starfinder Society online. It's been a very fun summer. Myself learning Starfinder Society and very excited for where our online community is going to go from here. For my part, I did very little in kicking off the Crittermander Society, but I do want to thank all of our GMs from Matt's Ferret, Cosmic Eleven, Macaroni, <laughs> John 341, Shadius, Dragoon, Pithica, Chupacracata, and all the awesome Discord moderators that help make it happen, like Tim, Cody, Phoenix, Blazork, aka Matt. If you're listening, it is great gaming with you all, and I want to thank you for taking your time to, to GM and help other fans and Starfinder folks get into the game and have someone to play with online. Episode 50, we cannot take any more time on this introduction. We got to get into it. So let's do that. Time to play the game. How about it? Woohoo! Yeah. Oh yeah. This is episode 50, entitled... The Jangly Man's Guide to the Galaxy. Last time on Cosmic Crit. We faced off against Darius Gilcrest and two fighters in an epic space battle. With McScruffins as his co-pilot, Raimi deftly outmaneuvers the corpse fleet's pilots. Piloting checks are super important. Lucky for us, Raimi Quindar has it under control. Adros wasted how many nuclear missiles? Adros launches nukes! He missed. Alindra pulls out the mom voice on Adros. Adros doesn't know how to respond to Alindra's bipolar method of intimidation and encouragement. All aboard the shuttle to the jangly man! Looks like we're in for a showdown and revelations as we board the Singularity to confront Darius Gilcrest. Darius Gilcrest was resurrected as Mr. Bojangles. Episode commencing in 3, 2, 1. Episode initiated. Shucks howdy, cowboys, and welcome to your big shot at some of the most grisly bounties in the vast as we listen to some rocking jazz here on Cosmic Bebop. <laughs> My name is Patrick, and I'm the GM, so let's get everybody together. Okay, three, two, one, let's GM. <laughs> We're blasting off through the gateway made of 12 suns to a point in a far-off galaxy, looking to rope in a big fish in the form of Darius Gilcrest. Joining me on the lookout for bounties across the solar system are my five friends and crewmates, the real folk blues of the podcast. To my left, some kind of data is soaky. This hyper-intelligent walking dog knows just what to say. It's Drew playing that Feldspar. You know, uh, Shoji Kawamori, creator of Macross, did all of the mechanical designs for the show. Oh my god, shut up. To his left, the ship's <laughs> enforcer, investigator, and jet-black-eyed sharpshooter, it's Jabert playing Andis 147. Hey, Patrick, so glad to be here for number 50. Glad to have you. Across the digital table for me, spiky hair, don't care for this slick-suited, technomantic fighter pilot, it's Miles playing Ramey Spiegel. 
See you later, space cowboy. To his left, the ship's high charisma good luck charm will stab you in the back with a solar blade. It's Rebecca playing Alindra Valentine. Hello. And finally, to my right, they're wacky and kooky and may or may not know how to hack into everything. It's Tyler playing Ed Veronis. You know the first rule of combat? Shoot them before they shoot you. That's a pretty good one. I think your initiative rolls will figure that out. (laughs) That's a good point. (laughs) Hey, everyone. Welcome back. Episode 50. Congratulations, everybody. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. you I've never done done more than a year of something. (laughs) You're one year old. I mean, you went to school. (laughs) You've been married for a while, too. He did a completely different major every uh, of the four years. (laughs) A a true renaissance man. Um, Where did we last leave off? Let's get right back into it. We were boarding Darius Gilchrist's ship, right? Oh, and yes. uh, he had killed his crew, and yeah, then he, he said to be continued. Yeah, he had shot them, and they are dead. Yep. Yep. So we're actually on the Serengeti right now, and he's talking to us. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. He has a new name. It's the Jangly Man. That's uh, oh yeah. Yes, his rechristened name. Uh, I feel <laughs> like he didn't get to pick his name. <laughs> I feel like someone <laughs> else picked that one for him. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Like, I'll bring you back, but. I get to name you this time. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Jalupa Batman. No. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. La- last time you all fought your way past this barricade of Cult of the Devourer ships and had this proposition from DG, Dearest Gilcrest, to come aboard the Singularity for him to share some secret with you. And you did see, indeed, I will take us there right now, that... He murdered his, seemingly his entire crew. Mm. Singularity right now. All those bodies. I'm not going to lie. Until I heard the episode today, I forgot that uh, the thing about this being Braskin's old ship. Mm, Yeah, the Singularity. The, The walls here, dull red color, freshly splattered with crimson streaks of blood sprays. And at the end of the hall... You see Darius Gilcrest, this reborn jangly man, and he is a sight to behold. You, you've seen a holographic projection, but up close, he, he's got these weird syncopated movements, kind of janky, and there are these long, wispy threads of hair coming off of his head. The skin looks very taut and, and tightly kind of pulled over the skull. And around him is this massive swirling darkness, and it looks like he has this very far-off look in his eyes, he just got done holstering his pistol and says to you all, you came here to talk and I have a story to tell you, Andis. It's about our mutual friend and this takes us all the way back to Depthsis. You didn't forget about that place, did you, Andis? Andis just sort of stares at him and says, no, no such luck for you. <laughs> our times together on that asteroid, I remember trying to open up your mind, figure out all that made you tick. As a young man, I spent time on Castravel and worshipped the Devourer there after I killed my first sentient being. It was a young Formian, not much older than a decade. I dissected its brain like I was back in science class. There's nothing inherently different about our minds. All of us, I found, we all have this darkness that exists inside us, and that is where the devourer lies in our consciousness. It was it was back on Depthsis where one 
would come and visit you often. She introduced herself as Null Nine, and I remarked how similar she looked to you, Andis. Apparently, she was very interested in your time on that rock. All those many decades ago, she came back every few years to ensure you were in pain and discomfort. She would torture you, place you in shock treatment, and gave me ideas on how to better dissect you, rewire your core, your pain receptors. She, like me, worshipped the Devourer, and tasked me with keeping you in pain, and when I left deficits for other opportunities she was supposed to arrive and kill you but you seem to have escaped the planetoid by then null nine is my master now and she has already been to the sun's planet below us she'll unlock the stellar generator and i will have the pleasure of killing you all in her honor yeah <laughs> ah yeah, he pulls that pistol out. We're in combat. You oh, know. no. Oh, no. Oh. oh, I thought he got on a horse. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Where'd he get that horse? <laughs> he rides away into the sun. <laughs> You're ready for some combat. Be all right here at the beginning of episode 50. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. I'm going to need some of those. What do we call them? Uh, oh, yeah. Initiative roll. All right. Lead the charge, Andis. George. Oh, boy. Oh, come on. Oh, I didn't select my token. That's a good way to start. Rolling a two. Yeah, just just offer rolls. I love them all. Thank you, guys. I'm just going to go ahead and roll these two rock 17s in a row. I hate you. We've got all of our initiative rolls ready to go. And believe it or not, Mac Feldspar drew top of the turn order with a 26. Is that, that right? That's a big... That's a big bonus he got there. I'm a I'm a big rat, <laughs> big fast rat. <laughs> uh, yeah. So can can I take uh, possibly a second to to do a quick perception check before my turn? Uh, yeah. What are you, what are you looking for? I just want to s- kind of look around and see if I can kind of see what it looks like he's got. See what it looks like he's uh, you know what what's around. If there's anything that we can use to our advantage. So give me a per- perception check, but why don't you also give me a, a knowledge engineering? That is a thirty-two perception check. That's pretty good. So it is pretty dim here. We got some flickering lights in the the hall, and it looks like Gilchrist is in the bridge of the the singularity and there's something they have these weird things swirling around his head you're not really sure what it is it looks like some kind of maybe a swarm of flies but it it looks technological in nature and not not sure exactly what it is you're seeing guys there's something weird flying around his head they don't look real uh well i mean they look artificial but uh get them and uh, I'm going to try, I know I'm at the back of the pack here, I want to try to, to see if I can use my Hailstorm Zero pistol, my new pistol that I got off of uh, the the boss of the Kish, uh, to see if I can uh, get a shot off at this cat. Yeah, that's what Savra had dinner, this cold pistol. Yeah. Go right ahead, give me that shot. Ooh. So that is a 30 to hit. Uh, against EAC, even with this cover he's getting from being inside the bridge, kind of hiding behind one of these doors here, that is a hit. Uh, for nine damage. Ouchies. Excellent. And that is your turn. We got get him on him. And next in the turn order is Gilchrist himself. And <laughs> these n- things swirling around his head just kind of stream out into the hallway. It's a little like black 
flex kind of absorbing the light as they go. And you hear him kind of ululating with his voice. There there sounds like a, a mechanical distortion coming from his throat. I need everyone to please make me a will save. No, my only weakness. Yes, everyone, please make me one. I think we got all five of them up on the board. Let's see here. Got some high rolls. Ooh, got a couple low ones. And this was going to be a DC 20. So got a, an Andis, Anak, and an Edros that have passed Edros by the skin of your teeth. Raimi and Alindra, these things float down the, the corridor of the singularity and, you know, either like jump into your spacesuit. You see some kind of just like float right through the protective screen of your helmets. It feels like water in the ear where your equilibrium is thrown off as the kind of like sonic waves are hitting you. And you have the shaken condition. Oof. So you got some some negatives to here up in front of me. Shaken. It's negative two, two attack rolls, um, skill checks, ability checks, and saving throws. You guys got that? Mm-hmm. And as Darius Gilchrist is kind of like singing in your direction, he's brandishing this, his, his own pistol, not shooting at you yet, but he seems to be also speaking to, to things around him, kind of just moving his head in all directions and doing the same weird devour can't that you heard him saying uh, to the other ships, the, the two fighters and his crew before. And when he does this, there are a number of things that are going to happen. None of them good for you. Emerging from the the walls of the singularity, appearing behind various doors, bulkheads on the ship, and phasing right through solid matter are these slick-looking black shadows Look like they're flitting in and out of existence. And these dark shades reach out shadowy arms toward you. Oh, we've got another set of combatants here. Oh, and it's their turn. I should probably mention that. Are they delivering that space pizza I ordered? Oh, no, that doesn't look like a space pizza delivery guy. Never mind. <laughs> no. Just go ahead and reveal what's oh, happening <laughs> Okay, well, we're surrounded. Oh, no. Listeners. Oh, boy. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Bad things will be happening here. Let me give you a quick little (laughs) picture of what these things look like from my description. A couple of them come out of the walls. A couple of them are firmly placed still like half in the walls and arms are reaching out at you. These shadowy smoke looking arms and they start attacking just about everyone. Let's uh, I think I think I've got them arrayed. Everyone gets an attack. How about that? This is very egalitarian GMing doing all equally. And I'm just going to go down the initiative order with my D20s on these attacks. Yeah. (laughs) So a couple bad ones here. These guys Oh boy, a two and a one. Not going to be a cosmic crit fail, but it looks like Knack and Edros have survived. Yes. Unscathed. No attack there, I'm pretty sure. What's your EAC, Knack? Uh, my EAC is 22. Okay, yeah, two doesn't do it. Let's go down the line. Alindra, uh, what is your EAC? 21. Okay, so that's going to be a hit. Andis, uh, that's a 25. <sighs> 
Ooh, that is just a hit there. And who's last? Oh, Raimi is at the bottom of this turn order. Pretty sure that's going to be a hit on you, but what's your EAC again, Miles? 26. And just, just barely there too. Excellent. Let me go ahead and roll some damage. Not a ton of damage. These things coming out at you are indeed, it feels like they're moving through your body and just kind of like catching things as they go, tearing maybe. There's some internal bleeding. So first, this is Alindra. Max damage <laughs> on a D4. So that is eight points of damage. And this seven points. And Miles, five points. That is their turn. Alindra Vap. All right. I'm, yeah, I'm all around you. <laughs> Your yeah, I'm going to go toward Photon Attunement. Mm-hmm. And these are shadow creatures, right? Can I tell anything about them? Um, why don't you give me a, a knowledge mysticism if you the seven. It's not going to do much. <laughs> yeah, no, it, something about the way they move kind of reminds you of the incorporeal ghost you fought on the Drift Rock, the prior owner of the the Drift Rider. Really not easy to hit. It seems like you're, you know, striking at a, a cloud of smoke. Okay. Um, <clears throat> being that I'm in the middle of the group, not sure I have any choice but to attack anyway. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to attack with my solar weapon. So this one right in front of you is still in the wall. So oh. providing a good amount of cover, but you can still attack it. Okay, I'll try. Uh, yeah, so I'm going after the one that's in the wall. And by the way, I have the soul fire fusion on my weapon now. So yay. Mm. Yeah, from armory. Let's still have Let's to hit it. with it. <laughs> It's a 17 to hit. Oh, less than that. It'd be a 15. 15 with your negative two. Wow, these guys have great EAC, KAC. That is going to be a miss. Oh. Miss on the first one. Do you have a a move action you want to do? No, I can't really move anywhere at the moment. It's tight quarters here. Yeah. This hallway that you guys are in just about a little over 10 feet wide. Next in the turn order, Andis one four seven. All right, I am I am not gonna let up on Darius Gilchrist. He is he is not gonna get away from me this time. Uh, I'm going to withdraw up into the room with Darius Gilchrist. Okay, so you can. It will still provoke attacks of opportunity because withdrawal is just that first you know yeah. thing that you're stepping across, and that is yeah. two of these creatures that mm-hmm. are kind of standing in your way. I, I, I guess I should have. <laughs> Or more of a blockade on them, but they'll they'll make a, a couple quick attacks. Let's do that. Uh, Sixteen on the dice, a thirteen on the dice. Uh, so my EAC against these attacks is twenty nine. Yeah. So that first one is a hit. The second one is a miss. Okay. Uh, thirteen. So damage dice. Minimum damage. Five points of damage. And you are indeed on the bridge with. Gilcrest, who does not have a chance to attack of opportunity. So he is holding on to what looks like a staff in one hand and the pistol in the other. Doesn't have it ready to make a uh, attack on you. Uh, so you are able to move past him. And what do you want for your standard? I'm going to shoot him right in the back. Like a, <laughs> like, a, like a true hero. Like a true hero would do. Oh boy. Okay, that's going to be a 20. Oh, shoot. I meant to say I overcharge. Oh, I forgot. Oh, well. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be a 29 to hit. 20. Got him. So <laughs> 20-
23 between <laughs> uh, 31. That's a hit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's going to be 27 points of damage to old Gilcrest. Oh, that's too many. And I and I look at him and I say, I upgraded my laser rifle. <laughs> I put the power of kicking boots in it, and now I'm gonna kick you in your head. Let me just go ahead and upgrade all of his weapons real quick while we're no. playing. <laughs> he goes, he goes to a drawer nearby and pulls out hey, some heavy armament. Um, no, that is that is your turn. Bring us to Adrosphronus. Rolled pretty low on this initiative roll. Got eight. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what, what you got, Adros? You got you got two of these things right on you. One in the wall, and one has moved into the hallway. Yeah. Adros sees Olindra trying to fight something in the wall, but he also sees that she's afflicted badly, and he just reaches out and he touches her, and and he says, Serenray, purge this corruption." And boom, you're no longer shaken. Ooh, boy, awesome. what's this? What's this ability? Remove condition lesser, and I, so I can get rid of some of those nasties. Uh, no, I, I like them being affected by conditions. Please, <laughs> yeah. Here you go, Chris. The returns entire shtick. So yeah. So because I am a divine champion of Seren Ray, uh, I can I can do some healing and I can do remove condition lesser right now and I can remove shaken, sickened, or staggered as the result of a disease or another ongoing effect. So it doesn't cure it, but it removes it for you know the time being. Okay, so might still I might have a chance. Might have a chance. Let's go on to unless do you, you want to move at all? Nope. I'll I'm just gonna then turn around and face all these things and. Yeah. Trying to take up a defensive stance as best I can. Then we are going to Raimi Quindar at the bottom of the turn. All right. So um, you, you you did that to Alindra, you said? Yes. Okay. Um, Patrick, how long does Shaken last? So you're not too sure. Why don't you give me, a, do you have knowledge engineering on this effect? Figure out what this is. What you get? All right. It's pretty, pretty darn good. This is a pretty high level cybernetic augmentation that Darius Gilchrist seems to have installed on them. It's some kind of nanotechnology, some nanites, and they seem to have, you know, wormed their way past your suit into your your auditory, maybe your visual systems, and um, providing you with this shaken condition. So it is, it's not like a magical ability, unfortunately. Oh, it's not magic. Correct. Yeah, it is giving just the shaken condition from this this ability. These nanites. Mm-hmm. It's technological in in nature it seems to be emanating maybe from the the throat noises that Darius Gilchrist was making. Wish I could cast silence. Let's see. All right. So the first thing I'm gonna do is spend a resolve point to teleport just a little bit uh, to the west, uh, to the end of the hallway down here, just to get out of the uh, being surrounded by two different shadow creatures. And then I am going to, I'm going to cast Arcing Surge uh, at the shadow creature in front of me here. All right. So a clean line of sight directly down this starboard port side hallway that you're in now. Mm Mm-hmm. Remind me, is this a reflex save? It is a reflex save uh, for half if you make it. Doing okay on reflex. Not their best, not their worst. I have rolled a one, though, so it's it's kind of his worst. And I have rolled 41. 
pretty good. Damn now, um, yeah, you do see this bolt uh, blast through the chest of this shade, and it doesn't seem to affect it that much. Uh, oh. As we have learned in fighting incorporeal creatures in the past, they're taking uh, just a half damage on energy and magical right. attacks. But still, uh, <laughs> that is 20 points, and that's a, a goody amount. That takes us to the top of turn two. Nack felt bar. Uh, Nack, still seeing everybody kind of surrounded by these ghost creatures, uh, he's going to spend that good old-fashioned resolve point to ca- to use get him on everybody in the in the room. So mm. everything in here should have get him on it right now, including old DG up at the top. Alrighty. RP spent and attack roll as well with that. Well, I actually, in our last uh, level up, purchased the Ghost Killer Fusion to allow mm. me to do full damage to incorporeal creatures. Right. For Wu-Tang my... Forever Ghost Face Killer Fusion. Got yes. it. Yes. Uh, ain't nothing to pronk with. Ain't <laughs> indeed. These ghosts. Uh, so I, and I applied that to my Hailstorm Zero pistol, which I would like to to use against this uh, guy just to my southeast that uh, Raimi just attacked. Drew has figured out how to beat Paizo at their game. With this fusion, you can indeed score critical hits against incorporeal goats. Yeah, here we go. Yeah. Got to roll that twenty first. Ooh. Oh. That was. Oh, it was uh, rocking these, back and forth. That D, that digital D twenty. It was on. 20. It was on eighteen, which is what I'm going to use instead of the two that it says I got. <laughs> uh, so that is a sixteen to attack. Ooh, against EAC, that's a miss. Oh, just barely a miss. Oh no! Next. That takes us back to DG's turn. Darius's turn. Oh, he continues speaking in this devour made up language that that he had speaking apparently to these shades and I think he's gotta he's gotta move away from Andis and not get killed by Andis into the the hallway here yeah I think this this is gonna be his his action he, he's doing something with this this language but he has not hasn't said what it is exactly um, one of the shades though turns around when he kind of like comes up, whispers in its ear, and goes straight up to Andis in the cockpit. Oh boy, we got a whole bunch in the, the hall still. This one is gonna move around the backside of a Dross try and flank him in. Let's do this attack against Andis first, a single attack. Ooh, 16 on the dice. That hit just a hit. Uh. Mm-mm-mm. And, uh, oh, I should mention, Darius is also ululating in your direction, Miles. Uh, yeah, you're so you're so shaken this round. Alindra, not so much. Let's do some damage from this first shade attack. Uh, six points, uh, Andis, and let's do, why not, three attacks. <laughs> Two from this first one and one from this one that went and moved Edros. Three attacks on old Edros. Flanky and draws for honor. As it did turn out, I did buy the Oculoc processor because I don't like being flanked. <laughs> Who so, does? <laughs> I do. So not for th- me. That means these guys are not getting a bonus from flanking. I've rolled a 12, an 11, and a 12. These first two a little less because uh, this one is double attacking. What is your EAC, Tyler? My EAC is 26. All right. So the, this, this first one that's just coming at you, these are misses and this... 
one that's moved around to try and flank has hit, and it does a little bit of damage. Seven points of damage. What kind of damage? Yeah, good question. This is incorporeal touch. Is it just like the the ghosts we have fought uh, previously? These count as EAC attacks and are non-energy, non-kinetic damage. So no, no damage reduction. All right, that's all I need to know. Thank you. And this one down here, flanking on Knack, did not buy an Aki Cloak processor. You better not have. <laughs> it, it's going to make a... You can flank uh, diagonally? <laughs> yes. Because I tried to most, flank diagonally and I couldn't do it. Most definitely, you can not move. It's going to make a couple attacks. What's your EAC again? More than you roll. Nope. <laughs> it's a 22. All right. So these are both attacks that are hitting, rolling some damage. Seven on the first Seven on a second, so that's 14 in total. Alindra, this one, halfway in the wall, is going to make a couple attacks against you. Got to roll 20 eventually. I've rolled so many attacks. Uh, the first one at eight, I'm pretty sure is going to miss um, your EAC. 21. Uh, so actually, that is just a hit. Uh, so these are two hits as well. So uh, a max and a minimum damage, 13 points of damage in total. And that is their turn, bringing us back to Alindra, your turn. All right, so I have a plan. Oh boy! <laughs> I, don't I know like, you love like plans. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. no. So why, I realize. God, why? No, stop making plans. <laughs> Just go off on I realize, your own. I realize this may um, provoke. Well, will almost definitely provoke attack, attacks of opportunity from the shadow creatures. But I am going to move with blazing orbit, so leaving a trail of flame behind me, which mm-hmm. also provides concealment for me. I'm drawing a line. So that I end up here. Uh, oh, so, so that's 25 filling, feet. Filling up this. this yeah, hole. so my, my goal here is to get flame in between the shadow creature nearest to Darius and Darius so that mm. he can't go and whisper sweet nothings in the shadow's ear. Um, and also to uh, <laughs> get between Darius and Andis and the other shadow monster um, in the hopes that I can try to defend from uh, Andis from, from Darius. I really don't want to miss or to lose Andis again. <laughs> it's a close call. They they only used what half of your RPs in the last episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. yeah, only about half. Yeah. I was about to say hey, it's probably fine. Okay, so blazing, blazed orbit in that's a that's just a move action, right? It's just a move action. So I am still five feet away from from this guy. So I'm going to end my turn with a solar weapon attack, and we'll see if this one hits. I cleared my cache. Oh no! All right, that's a twenty to attack. Uh, twenty-two. He's got to get him on him. Oh, 20, twenty-two. Twenty-two is just a hit. Yes. Oh my god! Oh, oh, Needing that. Get him! Get him, oh, baby! And I am photon attuned. So that's going to be thirty-eight damage. So much damage. <laughs> Jeez, Louise. Is, it, is okay. that including your new soul fire fusion? Yes, it does. Much. All right, Darius Gilchrist, not looking great for being stabbed in the chest. One, he was already an old man to begin with. <laughs> guys are just beating up an octogenarian. Two, he came back from the dead. He's weak. <laughs> you guys are just tossing him around like a like a rag doll. One, he's oh old. God. Two, we've killed him before. Yeah, it's just like right. 
curb stomping this uh, <laughs> this weak, nearly dead person. Hey, he's trying to kill us, so I, I can't feel bad about that. Hope you're real happy, Miles, with yourself. You I am man. very pleased. Let's go I'm on to great tonight. <laughs> this 147. You've got one Oblivion Shade that's moved up to you. You've seen that the hallway is now on fire with Alindra's magical flame. Okay. What, what, what would you like to do? So incorporeal creatures are not necessarily like translucent, are they? No, it's kind of like half and half. You see parts of them kind of, you know, disappearing and reappearing. So can I see Darius behind this thing? You can. It does provide uh, cover, but you know, not, not too but much. Like, but like simple cover, right? Like Not mm-hmm. like total cover. Yeah, no, okay. just like a person's cover. Okay, cool. Um, all right, I'm going to kick off my miracle worker. Ooh, boy. And uh, I'm going to fire. I'm going to, uh, let's see. Yeah, I'm going to overcharge my disruption rifle. So it'll be this plus four, I guess, minus two for the cover. So, yeah, mm-hmm. we'll see. Or plus two, forget him. All right, that is a 30 to hit. Indeedy duty. All right. Uh, a lot more dice to roll now. <laughs> yeah, I got, got a couple more. Hang on a second. I'll be back in 10 minutes, guys. I'm get all these dice. Okay, here we go. Are you going to be able to beat what Rebecca just put up on the board? Ooh, so close. Not quite, but I got 33. No, 37. 37? 37? What are you guys doing to me here? At uh, the same um, time. Yeah, Gilchrist so that's... Yeah. Taking a huge sonic blast to his chest. You see this wispy hair, the nanites blowing all around him. Doesn't look great. Definitely nearly dead again. <laughs> Did that ghost want to take a attack of opportunity against me i don't remember if this one did on its previous no this one did not so it, it will indeed because of that that old range attack but probably going to miss how how's a 19 <laughs> not Sit gonna with do it. you against not, the ac not gonna do it then let's go on to Adros Varanas. so Adros looks around he sees that he's surrounded by these shadow creatures and he kind of looks down at his ultra-thin longsword, and he's he doesn't think he can really do anything. <laughs> so instead, wow. instead he's like he says, "A champion of Serenray does not fear fire." Gilcrest, I'm coming for you! And he just walks. He just goes right through the fire. He stands in it <laughs> and just goes two-handed blow just to like try and cleave Darius into. <laughs> so we provoke a couple. Three attacks of opportunity. <laughs> Go for it, and and Alinda's uh, gonna have to roll some fire. <laughs> yeah, you're moving through uh, three spaces with fire. Is that correct? Yeah, and I'm standing in it at the yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, what, I, the the fire can damage you. Correct, you're not immune to fire, right? Uh, yeah, I'm immune to fire. No, I have fire resistance. That's fine. So why don't, why don't Rebecca, you roll those three okay. damage <laughs> dice? I feel really bad about this, but okay. It's what two d six? Oh, jeez. <laughs> Seventeen fourteen plus seven. It's three d six now. <laughs> What? Oh, good lord. (laughs) Guys, I have a lot of health. (laughs) Four, five. He's fine. Good point. Uh, So only 38 points of fire damage. Let me roll some attacks of opportunity, which I totally meant to forget on Alindra and take on Adros. I believe all three of these are indeed going to hit, which means 
I give it? Lots more damage dice. Wow. Nearly max damage. 23 points of damage from these attacks. You're moving through the fire, moving through the smoke of these monsters. Multiple hands reaching out, clawing, moving through your, your chest past the supposed Saren Ray symbol on your armor. Taking a little bit of damage, but get yep. to make an attack. See what you got. It's right here. This is, this is it. Boom. That's a 34 to hit and 38 points of damage. Uh, he's a very Yes! <laughs> <laughs> it's like if everyone shoots at him, he's going to go down. <laughs> and, wow, we're still in combat because we still got these very spooky shades to deal with. Rami Quindar, what do you got? Um, so I'm no longer shaken, correct? Because um, <laughs> you, you said that he's, his voice thing was controlling that. Yes, it. I won't lie to you. You're pretty sure now that uh, you're not hearing it that you'll be able to shake it off by next turn. Okay. But uh, right now you are still indeed shaking. Okay. For what that's worth. I was just curious. Mm-hmm. Um. So I think what I'm going to do is cast Explosive Blast here. Hmm. So back behind a couple of these. Yes, behind shades. the shading creatures uh, down the, the hallway in front of me so that no one, including my furry friend, Nack, will get injured. Uh, that doesn't sound like the Raimi I know. The Raimi I know would say damn it all and and hit all uh, four of them and Nack. <laughs> uh, Look, that maybe 25 episodes ago, that may have been true. <laughs> So this is Aww, the fire, thanks, buddy. fire damage reflex half. So let me roll reflex for both these guys. So first the one to the north. And what is, what's the um, the DC I'm trying to hit here for this reflex? Uh, I believe it's 19. Yeah, oop, that, I rolled a, ooh, rolled a 14 on the dice. That's a fail. And the second one, I need to roll higher oh, than that. Yeah. <laughs> Another natural one. Quote unquote full damage, and this will indeed be half as well. You're so blasting 33 is the initial damage, and half that's what, 16? Sounds good to me. So, even more on this one that you have uh, you've exploded, you've shocked, and a little more to this guy who's not been hit yet, taking us to the top of turn three. We're only in turn three of this combat. Oh my Mac gosh. Feldspar. Alindra, what photon attunement are you two? this coming turn you know what turn three means okay <laughs> so <laughs> come on up for that <laughs> wibbity wham wham wazzle i'm getting the pronk out of here uh knack is going to uh just he's just gonna run uh i don't know how far i need to run but i'm gonna run as far as i can is this right here where i have moved close enough to get out of your way alindra so that will only provoke one attack of opportunity because uh, all these other guys are trying to kill a dross. He's going to the shade down here. Going to try and make it. That is, I think, just a hit. Well, so keep in mind, I do have the mobility feat, which adds plus four to my resistance when it comes to attacks of opportunity. You mother pronker. That will be a miss thing. Yes! Because <laughs> I think I just rolled, what was it, 20 mobility, seconds? Mobility paying off big. Take that, ghosts. Yeah, um, uh, so with that said, I am going to, of course, 
Hmm, am I gonna spin an RP? Yeah, I'm gonna spin an RP. Get him uh, on the whole lot over here. Uh, I think the only one I'm gonna miss is the one that's in the room with uh, uh, Andis by itself. Mm -hmm. ah, I got, got him. And, uh, <laughs> and I am going to take aim at the one that is just to the east of me with the blue dot with my Hailstorm Zero pistol. All right, this is the one that just uh, now has taken some damage from uh, Raimi's attack. Go ahead and make that attack. So that is a 24 to attack and 13 damage, uh, which with the Ghost Killer does full damage. Assuming a hit, did I hit? That, yeah, no, that is a hit. Yeah, so baby. The, the cold energy from your gun indeed freezes up about half of its body <laughs> and you see bits and pieces of it kind of chipping away into nothingness kind of like uh, uh, evaporating into smoke that is your turn on their turn these guys are obviously going to just move right in and try and trap a knack trap a Raimi this one that is in the wall is going to move forward, going to go for a dross, and we've still got one on Andis. This guy is going to try and make a double attack against Andis. I've rolled really poorly, so I'm pretty sure these are misses. Oh, boy. And let's do... i got to try my luck. Let's try a double attack on a dross. Ooh, oh, there's, a it. there's a 19 on the dice and yeah. a 16 on the dice. I still think this one might be a miss. Your EAC again, sir. 26. Uh, okay, so one hit for five damage, and this other one's going to attack you as well. Uh, that is a hit. Five from the first one and five from the second one. <laughs> Let's do one attack even. versus Raimi. One attack versus Old Knack. I believe this is going to be a miss against Raimi, a hit against Knack. Doesn't like being shot with something that can do full damage to it. Five points of damage to you as well. Taking us to Alindra's turn. Alindra takes a glance back at Adras with a knowing glance and telepathically says, I'm sorry to do this to you. She takes five steps back, or five feet back, and um, supernovas all over the place. <laughs> as you do that, as you do that, Adras yells out, it's because I missed with those nukes, isn't it? <laughs> um, Call back last episode. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to, to do this prior to, to, with your turn. Are the walls going to affect how this works? No, not really. If you want to turn this into a 15-foot chrono, you can hit the one that is on the bridge as well. It will get a bonus to its reflex save for going through, like, the door and stuff. Okay, yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah, I, I assumed that it would be a 15-foot range um, so that I could get three of them. I will not be able to reach the ones uh, with Raimi and Nag right now. Yes, because they did way too good of a job <laughs> putting damage on these guys. They, <laughs> they, they made them angry. So I've got to make some reflex saves. <laughs> Looks like Edros has made his. Oh, I rolled a 19. <laughs> Ooh, that'll do. I rolled, well, you rolled 19 on your dice, but 26. I've rolled a yeah. 15 on the dice. 21 for this one up by Andis. What is the DC? DC is 20 for half. Uh, so that one, that, that makes sense. This one's taken half and also a quarter because of its ability. And let's do these two down here. This one rolled a natural 19 and this one a natural 14. So this one here on the left has passed. This one here on the right has failed. Let's do some damage. How about? Okay. All right. Supernova time. I'm scared. It's 36. Uh, 38. 38. Uh, get them still on everybody. Thanks, uh, bro. So, 
<laughs> have is 19. Yeah. Uh, this one has exceeded, not taken too much. This one that has failed, ooh, taken a good bit. And the one up by Andis, only taking a little bit of that damage, bringing us to Andis, your turn. You got one right in front of you, taking a little bit of photon damage, some solar damage from out in the hallway. You hear a massive boom. <laughs> what would you like to do? I am going to try to decide if tracking it's worth it. Yours is the only one that does not have Ginnem on it right now. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm going to track it. Got it. And then I'm going to overcharge shoot. Alrighty. Okay. So this is going to be plus four to this attack. Or, well, no, sorry. This is going to be plus two to this attack. Okay. <laughs> That's going to be a 33 to hit. A hit. All right. And let me roll some X3 dice here. <laughs> What's the total? Uh, so that's gonna be 26 total so i guess half of that 13 got it written down it's still coming at you edros varanis your turn two of them in front of you uh Dross is gonna swift action pull the plasma doshko out of the gloves letting go the long sword doesn't think it's probably gonna help against shadowy fiends snap and then we're gonna hit we're gonna attack twice one against each. So first attack, adult plus two or minus two technically uh, against the against the shadowy creature that's directly in front of it. Gotcha. And that's gonna be a twenty-seven. Uh, that is a hit. That's gonna be twenty-five points. All right, damage. and half of that. It's still up. Second attack. All right, going against his buddy that's right next to him. Oh, dividing him up. Yep. Oh, that's a twenty-eight. Also a hit. Mm-hmm. For 24 points of damage. Otherwise known just, as 12. Just about the same amount there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those are very consistent rolls. Alrighty. You're dinking all these guys down. Rami Quindar, we are back to you. This one is nearly almost got you in the corner. You got a little bit of maneuvering space there. What do you want to do? Oh, uh, spend a resolve point and appear 25 feet behind it. Bloop. Jumping um, out of existence. And then I'm going to cast Magic Missile, which will be full damage because they are four bolts. That is indeed what's going to do them. So that is 15 points of damage. Right. Ooh, boy. And uh, your, your magical teleportation does not count as movement, right? Uh, it's a move action, I believe. Okay, then we're actually only... Uh, you can only do the first two oh, that's right. guys oh, here. Uh, so that's um, 11 points. Okay, this one, the first one, not looking too good. You see only about half of its original material still there. It is much more gossamer, much more sheen than the others. You can see through it a little bit better. Turn number four, Knack Feldspar. We're back up to you. (laughs) Two of them on you now. (laughs) How much uh, space do I have above the heads of these critters uh, for jetpack space and tight quarters? None. This is a starship. <laughs> There's very little. Uh, do these guys have legs I can duck under? You can try and do a, a move through them or past them, but they will get uh, possible attacks of opportunity if you fail an acrobatics check. 
Yes, but I get plus four for those acrobatics checks if they're a certain size because I'm an Ahsoki. Mm, that is true. Uh, I would like to do that uh, to try to duck under this cat right here. Uh, so m- might I roll an acrobatics check? Oh, please do. Oh, it's a 14. All right. It's not going to be enough. It stops you. Uh, you cannot move. And it does get attack of opportunity. Bring it on. Eventually, I will roll a natural 20, but I will not this. Not this attack. Um, your EAC again? Uh, my EAC is 22, but I have a plus four for attacks of opportunity because of my mobility feat. Right, right. I don't know if that would be an effect because you actually technically didn't move anywhere. But regardless, that is a miss. Yes. A miss. Um, you can still make a standard action if you'd like. Uh, I would like to point my uh, Heelstorm Zero pistol at point blank range at this cat and fire with get him. Um, oh boy. I do have a rules question. Since I'm mm-hmm. around the corner, uh, I would like to, u- if I used an RP, would that affect the two in the hallway with the Lindra and Adras, or would that only affect the two that I am staring at? Uh, it's auditory, so I think everyone within auditory range will be affected. Well, then guess what, Patrick? You know what I'm going to do? Burn an RP. Spending that RP, baby. Uh-huh. Hailstorm, zero pistol, get him. Making another attack of opportunity. Oh, oh no. Oh, oh, both of you. Both of I was about you. To say, I missed on mine, but you missed a little bit worse. This is which not means fair. natural one on the dice. Roll for a critical fail effect. And this is going to be. This is not fair. Um, submitted by Reagan. It's called Oh Come On for this ranged critical fail. You can find these on our website, the lower right hand corner, if you want to have your own crit fails in your game. The energy version of this is your energy focus module on your weapon pops open, allowing a blast of said energy to arc into your face. You take 1d4 non lethal damage, but you are dazed and blinded until your next turn. <laughs> <laughs> dazed oh. and blinded until the end of your next turn. These things, as... don't, these things don't get anything for natural ones. What do I get something for a natural one? Honk and prunk. Oh, man. You don't know how to use this crazy ancient Kishali weapon, and you like press the wrong button on it at the wrong time. So I have to roll a d4 for damage? Is that what you said? Nah, nah, I roll it. One, one point of non-lethal. That's hardly anything, but ooh, those conditions. Blinded. Not yeah. gonna be good. <laughs> Dazed. Dazed is you can take no actions. Zero. Oh, boy. But also blinded means, yeah, you got some some negatives to a negatives. few things. Ooh, yeah. So let's go ahead. That is your turn. It is their turn. I had two of these guys on top of you, and I think I think it's time that they just start making a bunch of attacks on the <laughs> the weak <laughs> Nexus rack left in a corner by himself by Rainy Quindar. Uh, let's go ahead and roll some people. Oh boy, I rolled awful. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Against a blind Nexus rack. All right, so these actually, I think, are just misses as well. Wow, can't can't roll very well today. I rolled 11, a 3, a 12, and 1. Let's go on to um, a whole bunch that want to kill at Dross. Tonight, the universe doesn't want to kill Nack, and I'm okay with that universe. <laughs> so just a, just a point of clarity, you are considered flat-footed if you are blinded. So you do get oh. a minus two. That oh yeah, no, flat footed does give it to you. Oh, but I still yeah. think your oh no, your armor class is twenty two, is that what you said? EAC? Yes. So one of these does hit. I think this twelve is a hit, so Thanks, Jabert. 
<laughs> all of Jabert, I love you. You're my favorite play. Six points of damage, and I need to do a ton of attacks versus Adros. I'm just gonna roll nice ones rolls. all day. Nice Why rolls, not? nice <laughs> rolls, Patrick. Oh, that's Doesn't a matter. six one one seven. Oh my lord! Believe it or not, these guys are a lot less combat effective than you. And the dice betrayed me. Two attacks versus Andis. It's gotta happen, right? It's happening. Natural two, natural seven. I'm natural just gonna, toots. Wow. I'm just gonna natural toots on this turn. That is, I don't know if you're counting at home. Ten misses. <laughs> oh no, nine misses. And Lindravallis, we're back to you. Please, let's start clearing up the board here. All right, I'm going to try. So I'm going to activate my haste circuit. Ooh, and as I do so, I'm going to climb right over Darius Gilcrest's uh, body and activate gravity boost so that I can spider climb along the wall and to the other side of the shadow monster so that I am flanking with a dross. No. Um, this will provoke uh, just from this this one that you're climbing over. But uh, the way I'm rolling, don't think you have to worry too much about it. Yeah. There we go. Ooh, hey, there's a good one. Uh, 16 on the yeah. dice, so that that will actually hit. Take a little bit more damage here. Eight points of damage, max damage. So uh, even though I'm on the wall, it provokes. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. Yep. I'd, I'd say your back is turned to it, so you're you're giving it like the the juiciest part of an Elijah Alice, ready to to get uh, slashed. This one's used as attack of opportunity and standard action. Yeah. And now I am going to use my solar weapon. Let's see if this actually hits this time. It's a 26, mm. 28. Let's get him. Mm. That's a hit. Awesome. And that's going to do 32 damage. Yes. 34 damage. Because it's got special get him on it. So 17 points of damage on the half. It is still up, but this one is bloodied as well. You see about half of its mass, its evil dark energy has been dissipated. That takes us to Andis147. You've got one you're dealing with yourself up here. What do you like to do? I'm going to withdraw away from it. No. And sort of, I'm sort of like running around the edge of the bridge here mm. and kind of running around the outside. And I'm going to take a shot during my during my, my run, my runabout. Oh, no. Please just stand still and let me get a text of opportunity. No, no, no. <laughs> All right. That's going to mm. be a... 27 to hit? That's a hit. All right. That's going to be 28 points of damage. Whoa. 14. So, yeah. 14 on the half. Uh, yep. It's it's bloodied as well. You guys are all taking on like one I'm, to get I'm, yourself. I'm... On to Edrosvaranas. Turn four. What you got, Tyler? Oh, well, now that I have my flanking buddy with me, I feel like it's only I feel like I have to make two attacks against this guy that's right in front of me. Mm -hmm. Uh, he dared to attack my, uh, the wall climbing Alindra. So he's got to go or it's got to go. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. First attack. Plasma Doshko to the face. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a hit. That's going to be 25 <laughs> hey! points of damage. Let's do math together. Half that is 12. Yep. And still up. Second attack is going to be. Oh yeah. That's Ooh. another hit. And that's going to be. Hmm, that's a 19 would be the full damage, but yeah, still, still uh, half of that, but that is enough. And you bring the Doshko down through it and it just seems to poof, poof out of existence, kind of uh, staining the walls black where you've shattered it out of existence. 
One down, uh, four to go. Pronking, that's, finally. That's <laughs> gross. I don't like how these things die. Yeah. Uh, Remy Quindar, back down to you. I'm going to cast another round of magic missile at the same kind of creature I have been sparring with. All right, full damage this time. That's 12 points. Does it have get him on it? It should have get him on it, yes. All right, yep. so that's 14 points. Oh, so much, man. Oh, it's so close, but Ugh. that is a still dangerous combatant. Uh, top of the turn order, Knack. So got these two bearing down on you. Knack Feldspar, turn five. What is happening with your character? I'm dazed and blinded and probably dead. It would be <laughs> great if, if you guys didn't agree to this critical fail deck venture that we were on. You killed like the one character that could critically fail in this fight. And I would have rolled half these ones, I'm sure, for Darius Gilchrist. <laughs> uh, that brings us to their turn. I, I mean, I can't imagine it would do anything but try and destroy you, take you out of existence. And this one's this one's gonna come for Raimi, who's almost killed it. Uh, we've got one between Adros and Alindra. That might just stand still and do some attacks. And this one on Andis is going to move and make an attack. Single attack. Maybe I get a little better luck with these. Yeah. All right. 16 against Andis. EAC. That is going to be a hit. And five points of damage. Oof. This one does have the ability to attack on. Oh, it draws. Let's try it. <laughs> oh, five on the first attack dice. Hey, there we go. 19. Hey. That's a hit. Still no, still no natural twenty for your poor GM in episode fifty. That is six points of damage. Let's do one against Nexus Rack. This one. Oh my! <laughs> natural one. Yeah, baby. <laughs> it can't. Ah! Yeah. What is going Ooh. on? And against Ramy Quindar, another attack against you, Miles. Okay. Ooh, what is your EAC again? Twenty-six. That is a miss. 11 on the dice. All those attacks that missed. Alindra Vallis, we're back to you. All right. Okay, so I, seeing that Adras clearly has things handles, handled where we are, um, am going to go to help rescue Knack, provoking an attack of opportunity, I'm sure. I see that he is in trouble. You just keep dividing up your attacks. Yeah, well, one. Well, well, I mean, we don't have much to worry about. Yeah, <laughs> we can kind of we can kind of move freely. Shut up, Miles. Oh boy, oh boy, I can't wait until the next time you fight these things. <laughs> they will be a, a special GM deal for you. All. <laughs> They're getting the advanced template. Yeah, no, no. natural two hits. What are you talking about? Go go ahead, Alindra. You got a, a an attack here. All right. Yeah, I'm going to actually I'm going to activate my haste circuit again. Um, I uh, forgot to use my double attack on my last turn, but I'm not going to forget this time. Um, oh, yeah, moving all around this board. This does not have get him on it because Knack is blinded, right? Yeah, need to be able to see and yeah, be able to do your cool. All right, so that's going to be a 15 to hit. 15 to hit. <sighs> that's a miss. Yeah, figured. All right, let's try again. That's a, oh, that's better. All right, so. Uh, better than a three 26. on the dice. 26 to hit? Does that hit? Yes. Right. <laughs> awesome. So that's going to be 37 damage. 37. So half of that 
the old 18. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Doing math. Uh, this one also bloodied the one before neck. Sizrak and this 147 back to you in the bridge, fighting along these these consoles, the pilot's chair. What you got? We're just sort of like, I'm just sort of like running back and forth and like doing the thing where like <laughs> you're trying to keep it on the other side of the chair from you. <laughs> you're so, like, hey. <laughs> and now I'm over here. here. <laughs> so I'm just, I run back over to the other side of the bridge as a withdraw and, uh, and I pull the trigger and realize that I'm out of ammo. I just, no. I just looked down at my, I looked down at my like ammo tracker, and I was just like, ah, oh, crap, I'm out of ammo. <laughs> Stop boosting all your attacks, buddy. Yeah, that, yeah. that will take us to Adros. You still got one of these things in front. All right, it's double attacking time. Oh well, we don't have ghetto. Mm. You know what? It's single attacking time. <laughs> okay, <laughs> changed my mind. And. Ooh, 25. Oh, good that you did because that's that's a hit. Sweet. That's going to be 24, otherwise known as 12 points of damage. All right. Bloodied and Remy Quindar, one of them on top of you again. Uh, cast an old magic missile. Oh, okay. Do you want to move first or take that attack of opportunity? Mm. Does he have to get him on it? Nope. Didn't no. Knack his no. days, so no. Oh, that's right. That wouldn't really <laughs> matter for it attacking you. No, no, but I was... Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and do it. Okay, Okay, please. Please, evil god of the devourer. Give me strength. I'm gonna get a natural 20 on this. Oh, boy. Uh, it no. is an 11 on the dice. Uh, that is not EAC. Um, these guys are a lot better when they have <laughs> Darius Gokras boosting them. All their stats. And, and uh, <laughs> yeah, no, giving you guys negatives. Go ahead and roll those. Sweet, sweet damage die. All right. Uh, 12 points of damage. That is enough to drop it, though. Bam! Four hit points. So uh, two down, three to go. Turn six. Knackfeldspar, you're back in the fight. Knack is angry. (laughs) So angry that he activates his vocal modulator to put a Clint Eastwood voice on right now. What's he going to say? He's going to say, get him. He's going to spin that RP to have that RP attack everything. He's going to pull out the Hailstorm Zero pistol with the Ghost Killer Fusion. He's going to roll that beautiful bean footage. Oh, boy, that's a hit. That's a 31 to hit Mm -hmm. for 14 damage. Uh, Yeah, and you shoot this thing in the head. It's dead as well. (laughs) Uh, Number three dead. A little one-two wombo combo from a a Knack and a Lindra. Two left here. This one is going to move up to Andis. Try this single attack again, please. I'm running out of chances here. No, five on the dice. (laughs) (laughs) Hiding behind the chair, my greatest strength. (laughs) (laughs) Let's do a a single attack against it. No, nine on the dice. (laughs) (laughs) A miss. Alindra, you've got one still in the hallway that you can get to. It's your turn. All right. Can I run through? I can't run through it, right? Uh, You you would uh, get an attack of opportunity and to move around it. Hmm. I was just going to go and save Andis or help Andis. Please. Um, I take out the other one. All right. Yeah, I'll just run up to the one in the hallway next to Adras and use my solar weapon. Single attack? Yeah. No haste circuit. That is a hit. How much damage is that? That's 34, 30, 36 damage. 
36 18 on the half it's still up also bloodied bloody bloodied and this 147 you got this one in front of you and i'm reloading yeah I'm, I'm quick drawing out a battery and i'm slapping it in there and i'm uh just pointing it pointing it straight at this thing's something like a head and i overcharge and i blast it right in the dome and the noggin yeah that's gonna be a 22 to hit that's a hit all right, nice. that's going to be Ooh, a that's, good boot. That's a 34 points of damage. Dang. 17 on the hand. Uh, yep, it's also bloodied. Oh, boy, these guys not looking too good. They don't have many <laughs> turns in their future. Edros, this one right in front of you. What you got? All right. Alindra is back in the fight with me. I hear Knack giving me the get him. I'm going to take a guarded step. I'm going to get in flanking position with my best flanking buddy and lay some hurt. And the hurt's going to come into the form of a natural one. <laughs> natural one. Uh, but the the good thing about this is this is not a critical fail because you've rolled higher than its armor class with a one. Congratulations. What? Oh, we don't have well, to pull up the deck go. as per the agreed upon rules. If that yeah. modified number isn't enough just for fun. Let's see what it would have been. Yeah, I like this. Oh, boy. What, what do we got? Just breaks your weapon. <laughs> it, you, oh. like, this would have made a lot of sense. You just like hit the wall of the singularity and breaks your your uh, plasma rifle. Uh, or My plasma doshko. Uh, doshko. Yes. But that is, oh, that's a miss. Taking us to Raimi, your turn. All right. So um, Raimi is, he can see that old boy. Yep. Break down uh, the hallway from you. That Alindra and Adras are attacking. So he's going to cast magic missile on that guy. Alrighty. Another magic missile. It's a magic missile. Max damage magic missile. Max on every single. Wow. I'm not even going to count this out. That thing is dead as a doornail. All three of those force missiles battering into it. And yeah, it just like turns into smoke, covers Adros's armor. And that one dead, dead, dead. There's a gross. A turn seven. That felt far. There's not many of these things left. You hear fighting going on on the bridge. Uh, Nack is going to move around uh, to as far as he can. And through, can I see through the door there? Yeah. Uh, Andis, you know you got one on you. Get him. And he's going to fire uh, at the uh, last remaining ghosty with his Hailstorm Zero pistol. Eee, you're telling me. <laughs> For a 29 to hit. That is a hit. For nine points of damage. Not a ton, but oh boy, that's a lot. Uh, oh boy, it has so few hit points left, but Knack, you've given me the best present for episode 50. One more chance to roll a natural 20 on me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, come on. I'm gonna. I'm doing two attacks. It's my last okay. shade. It's coming. Here's the first one. Seven on the dice. Gonna be a miss. <laughs> Second attack. One more chance at glory. Oh, <laughs> it was so close to both the 18 on the dice and the 20. Two misses. Uh, Alindra, your turn. Please just stab this thing. It's inspiring the way that this thing believes in itself so much. Um, but Alindra is going to walk right up to it. Cool. <laughs> and um, use her solar weapon. Oh, boy. So I think don't roll a one. Oh, my gosh. Oh, oh no. My God. <laughs> you roll the one. I so. rolled the one. Uh, it is a miss. Unfortunately, natural one will be a miss, but uh, it is not a critical miss. 
same thing as last time. Because, <sighs> yeah, you're fighting against its, uh, against its KAC. Um, well, I'm wow. the only one that's got to roll stuff against the critical fail deck this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think you're just there on that bubble. But that brings us to Andis. Maybe you can <laughs> end the fight. All right, I'm gonna not move and let me get an attack of opportunity. One last shot. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and take two shots on this thing. Here we go. Oh boy. All right, let me get my ahead. attack first. Uh, Sixteen. Yay! Hey. I did a little bit of damage. Uh, six points of damage. Okay. Now, now make your massive attacks. Let's see how overkill this turn is. <laughs> Son. Ooh, that's a hit. Yep. Ooh. Oh, no. Ooh. Ooh. Natural one. Well, hopefully the first attack kills it. (laughs) (laughs) It does. We're at a combat. (laughs) Uh, So many natural ones. Yeah. It's wild. Um, Definitely, I think, broke a record for natural ones rolled in one combat. Guys. Guys, I'm gonna, have to, I'm gonna rework this entire AP for you. <laughs> I need to need to hit a little bit more often uh, there in the future. I mean, to, to be fair, this was a kind of a rare battle for us. Usually, you're kind of one <laughs> rolling rocks, and two uh, have put people who far outclass us. <laughs> I got really cocky at the beginning there when I rolled two natural 17s on the initiative turn order, but uh, I don't think I rolled much higher than that the rest of the battle. <laughs> yeah, I think it would have been very different if uh, if Jingle Jangles uh, had uh, oh yeah had, had, had survived longer. Like, if, <laughs> if we hadn't, like, flushed him out of that room, like, oh, no, that, that could have gotten nasty. Had a very good plan, believe it or not, uh, kill the leader. <laughs> Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, right, so we're out of combat, and uh, I mean, you get it is definitely a dead Darius Gilcrest, but like a robotic voice kind of like comes out of its throat <laughs> and you can just hear it. It sounds like he's croaking and saying, no, nine will end you. Do you understand? She'll end us all. He expires right in front of you. Well, and- yeah, we'll, we'll just have to. We'll just have to see about that. And Andis just goes ahead and puts a slug through through the dead Ga- Darius Gilcrest. Flunk. Just like nobody's n- nobody's gonna nobody's gonna fix this body. Nope. I would nope. I would recommend just chopping them into little pieces, flushing them out the airlock. The old uh, <laughs> space send off. <laughs> a number of items on him wearing Kasothan Microcord uh, Mark III, and you see there's a infrared sensor and a haste circuit involved. Not that he got a chance to use that one ever. <laughs> a uh, He has one of these cultist weapons you haven't seen since back on Castravel. It's a liquidator disintegrator pistol, and there is Dibs. a couple batteries there. <laughs> a tactical spear this kind of like walking stick and Raimi investigating his throat attached what looks like to his vocal cords is this piece of very high tech nano technology uh, a cybernetic augmentation I can tell you outside of the game it's called disquieting nanites definitely some kind of scavenged tech kind of bolted onto him kind of a a cult of the devour (laughs) kind of operation and from the description of I can tell you if anyone is interested in this, it works kind of like the opposite of get them where you can put out this speech to affect enemies 
And if they can hear or see you, that they have to make that will save that you guys did. And they get a negative two from Shaken if they, they fail that will save. Pretty cool. Boink. Nice. So you all, out of combat, what do you want to do now? Search uh, the ship. Take all his stuff. Yeah, I want, <laughs> I want to take that little uh, voice nanite thing. Yeah, that'll, that'll yeah. take a little bit of time to install if, if that's something you're interested in. I'd like uh, a 10 minute I'm, rest, personally. <laughs> you could yeah. do that as well. I'm interested in the haste circuit if I could get that thrown into my armor. Yeah, cool. you, if you got space for it, that's pretty easy, too. I do. I do. I do. I want to take so you guys want pistol in his armor and everything else of value. <laughs> you want to spend some time searching the ship? You better yeah. believe I do. So you find the, the crew pretty, pretty messed up. It looks like they do not care for the ship very much, but find a battered but functioning a suit of spider harness powered armor. Um, Ooh. So a oh, set of power armor. Uh, total of five Mark III shock grenades. Ooh. And eight Mark II screamer grenades um, throughout different, like, you know, it uh, looks like they might have just handed them out to some of these cultists. And you find them, like, on their persons, maybe in a couple of lockers. Um, in one chamber, you find quite a gruesome image in the the back of the singularity weeks old strung up and splayed out body of a kish warrior it looks like maybe if their journey was uh, about as long as yours that uh, this kish was kept alive perhaps ritualistically tortured along the the way these small accretion discs cut into its flesh but as well you find other cultist bodies you know maybe a, a lashanta a human Given the similar treatment, it seems like this was their their murder room, or perhaps a place of worship. They sacrificed people to the devour. That's about it for items that you find on the ship. What else would you like to do? I would like to try to access the ship's logs. I, mm-hmm. I recognize this as having the same name as Braskin's ship that he escaped on, and I'd, yeah. I'd like to find, find out what happened to him. It is indeed a... A very old ship, a modified A-Tech bulwark ship. Diving into the ship's communication logs, you get a last kind of message that was sent from the Singularity in its cache. It is to a shuttlecraft. In planet, you see the hologram of an android appear. A shock of pink hair, armor studded in spikes and sharp teeth. She looks up from the ship's controls and you can sense in the hologram recording figures moving behind her, maybe several other cultists on, on board her vessel in the background. And she says, If we can get the computer systems online, the stellar degenerator will be ours. When we have the weapon, it will usher in the end of all things and bring forth the devourer to swallow the stars. The Ahsoki Zaz has no idea how to repair the busted circuit board on the console. But this Eltreth told us where we can procure a spare. Jangly man, you take the singularity, patrol the system. I don't want any uninvited guests showing up and ruining our fun like on Eox. Bring Malice's children and guard the ship. I will contact you once we have the control board and have the console up and running. Nine out. That's the end of the message. Knack, your ears perk up when you hear the Ahsoki Zaz as you have a cousin, Ahsoki cousin named Zaz, whom your family hasn't heard from in a couple years, along with his sister 
Zix. He was always kind of an outcast, but uh, let me see what I can dig up about his uh, relationship to the family. Yeah, no, I don't know if you've ever met. You've got a pretty large extended crime family, right? Uh, yeah, it's something that I would have to check the records for. <laughs> As previously, yeah, no, go back through the old uh, Philodex. Yeah, he's got a he's got a, a minus five to the DC to remember that, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like it's crime. Crime. <laughs> right. Yeah, so it might have been that they're a little bit younger, but they're both maybe a a second cousin, kind of removed your mother's side, and you remember them both being gearheads, like mechanics. Is this something you you want to share with everyone else? Yeah. So these uh, so just to let you guys know, uh, Ahsoki Engineering, pretty good. And uh, we're going to come across potentially some of my family members. Uh, Just want to let you guys know about that. They're extended family. It's okay if we need to take them out. Uh, These things happen in business as in life. But just be be on your safeguard yourselves because there might be some traps around. There might be some traps on this ship thanks to them. Uh, But if not on this ship... Definitely something we're going to run across in the future. I'm just uh, making a, a note here. Uh, place traps everywhere. Got it. <laughs> uh, uh, Patrick, can I get a sense of, I mean, I know I haven't seen the actual system that they're working with, but if this was like a rare circuit board, can I know sort of how rare a thing like that might be? Like what, what, what sort of, what sort of time, time scale are we working with here? Before they can it's, find something like that. Yeah, no. Uh, I mean, it sounds like it has ancient Kishali technology that they might be trying to repair. It, it does seem from from what you've gathered here that a shuttle has gone down to this planet um, beneath you. The the one that is has an atmosphere, has plant life that you've seen. I uh, I uh, have an idea, Uh-oh. which is which is not really an original idea. It's it's something that the free captains used to do. Uh, when we could capture vessels, um, we would then, especially colony vessels, we would then send a dis- we would send a message down to the colony saying that the ship had received heavy damage and we would have to land for repairs. And then we would take the ship in and everybody would come out to help out with the ship's damage and then we would attack them. I'm wondering if we c- shouldn't send a message to this no nine lady, uh, just an just an audio message uh, saying that uh, we fought. Uh, the Starfinders, and we won, but the ship has been, you know, withstood or has taken massive damage and needs to land for repairs. And then we could sneak down to the planet without them, you know, knowing about us, and then we could take them by surprise. Right. Could we could we pull the transponder out of this ship and then sort of broadcast from the Driftrider as though we were the uh, uh, the Singularity? I don't know. It's going to be a pretty hard engineering check. And you've done it. Hooray. <laughs> <laughs> DC 30. Oh, it's done. Uh, no, that, that would be in some pretty heavy computer engineering work. It would take some time, but it's something you can patch together. Hey, hey, Patrick, did you see what I just rolled for my engineering check? Uh, oh, boy. Natural one. Oh, well, it was a oh. good good try. Oh, wait, no. What, what is this? It was a 40. A four? Oh, 40. Got it. Four zero. Yeah. Tuck that back in your pocket. I said you had it already. Okay. 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 Uh, no, if that's something you want to try, um, do, do you want to just uh, before we get there, keep going into the computer system? There's more to uncover. Yeah, I want. I want. Yeah. I want to. I want to dig deep. I want to. I want to figure out who this Braskin fellow ended up being. Deeper into the computer files, you uncover some pretty old segments. You know, just fragments 
of um, what looks like a vast section of the computer system that might have been wiped clean at one point, but they are marked Dr. Jiro Braskin. Opening them up, it looks like they are maybe previously redacted military files, and they seem to be about some kind of genetic project called Sunsplicer. Opening up one of the video files, you see a very technical bio-augmentation and genetic splicing data kind of come up on the screen and what looks like experiments on VESC DNA. It seems that the crux of this was the use of an unknown energy source called graviton radiation in order to breed the perfect VESC soldier. There is a short video. Clicking it shows a small, sterile laboratory with a few small tables of technological devices and in the center, a large table with a Vesk female tied down on top of it. Braskin comes into view and says, We picked this one up with a pirate outfit operating in the supply lines, raiding the outskirts of the diaspora. She'll hopefully be the first patient to take the genetic graft and see some more results before she dies. Time is 0300 and I... Climb back on when this procedure is complete with the patient named uh, Chikaradun Varanus. Braskin out. Andis looks over at Edris. Did, did Edris see this? I imagine if you guys were all there on the bridge. Edris, I'm I'm sorry. I, I don't know much about my family. My mostly focused mostly on military, but I I didn't I I've never heard of this. Keep going. There is a lot of technical data along with these videos but like i said they're all scraps but it seems like a large amount of information was scrubbed and then transferred to a data pad recently than the last few days the digital fingerprints marking it as owned by one null nine hmm. patrick uh did did braskin look older than i recall than i recalled him from my vision yeah yeah he's a pretty old man in this video okay so this is not Okay. My only concern is that this might have been something that 146 was helping him with. But. Yeah, didn't didn't see him in that video, but Okay. What what all those what all those technical stuff mean? What were they what was he trying to do? It seems as though he was attempting to perfect the Vesk genetic structure for military purposes. And and just sort of looks over at address, maybe with like a little uncertainty and says they may have done just that. I, I do not even know what to make of this. I, I, I always thought that I, I left the Viscarium to make my own way, you know, so that I could, I could perform feats and and spread my name through my own power. But now I come to find out maybe my power is something given to me as if I was a guinea pig. I need to be alone. Do you guys want to head on back to the Drift Rider? Yeah. Can we, can we uh, take this ship, like, in tractor beam or anything to, to just claim it as our own? You can. You did destroy it, so it's not going anywhere <laughs> anytime soon. So, yeah, that's, I, that's what happened when, like... you, when you launched tactical nukes at it, you guys. <laughs> I feel like we ought to leave the Drift Rider with the goblins and pretend that we are who we say we are. I don't know that we have the UPBs to fix this one. Yeah, it's it's dead in the water. Um, oh, like it's not flyable. Yeah. Okay. Right. Tactical yeah. nukes. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we goofed it up pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Send, send the goblins out with some duct tape to tape to the bottom of the Yeah, no, they, they, they can fly this thing, right? <laughs> you see them 
stick a leg out like the back and they're like uh, doggy paddling and kicking it forward. <laughs> like, look at how perfectly they're orbiting that planet. <laughs> it's just like around the planet. <laughs> right. So if you guys are all done with the singularity, when you get back to the drift rider, um, you go back down um, through the, the open gate in the lower deck um, through the, the docking bay. But you see something here tucked away in the back corner of the room you didn't see before large crate with an old dusty starfinder insignia on the side with an impression in the size of a star in its kind of locking mechanism and a thick layer of dust on it uh, brushing off the dust you find on the side label that reads starfinder supply crate <gasps> it's locked but it does seem on this plate in front it would fit your starfinder insignia perfectly Alindra puts her insignia to it yeah and just puts their middle finger to it. <laughs> Nax senses modem on the crate. <laughs> it is It is all a crate. It is, it is not a, uh, a mimic about to eat you. Full, full of grenades. Oh, no. If you do put your crest into the mechanism, you hear what sounds like a magnetic lock inside the lid uh, coming to life. And you see it hinge open slightly, crack forming right there at the, the top and a yellow glow emanating from within as you gather around to look inside. Who's opening it up? Alindra. Pushing the hinged top back, you look down and you see a great big pile of to be continued. (laughs) 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 However, did we know? Yeah, we'll find out. That's it for this week's episode, technically, but uh, we'll find out the winners of our August Fan Challenge Supply Crate next week on the podcast. <laughs> Hooray! Thanks Yay. in advance, listeners. <laughs> yeah. I think. I'm pretty sure someone uh, submitted just 30,000 credits worth of acid, so it could be. <laughs> <Right. laughs> yeah, I saw somebody say it's like it's like 300 grenades, but like all the pins are glued to the top. <laughs> <laughs> so that's going to be the end of this week's episode. But Drew and I sat down with the players and the GM over at the Experience Points podcast a few weeks back. And that's going to be our crit bit for this episode. So not miss that. I know. I can't wait to hear it. They're doing a homebrew Starfinder campaign. Unlike us, but like us, they are also playing online. So it was a blast to get a chance to chat with them. And that is happening on the other side of this ending. What do you guys think? Episode 50 fun times. Yeah, we do. We got 50 more in us to get to 100 next year. Uh, we, we might have 49 more. I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Nice. Even 99. If we get another 50, <laughs> we get syndicated, though. <laughs> uh, thank you, everyone, for playing with me for 50. Episodes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We'll see you next time this year. Yeah. And until then, say have a great night, everybody. Have, have a great, great night. Have a great night, everybody. Bye-bye. Crit bit commencing in 3, 2, 1. Crit bit initiated. Hey everyone, and welcome back 
Show's not over yet. We are here for another crit bit. This evening after the episode, we like to unwind when we're not playing Starfinder and talk about Starfinder <laughs> and just continue to, to do so in uh, in a little bit of a show after a show. Uh, I'm Patrick. I'm your GM here on Cosmic Crit. You've probably heard my voice before, you know, around. <laughs> and joining me is one of our players, Drew. Hey, Drew. How's it going? Hey, how's it going? It's going great because once again, we're joined for the first time by some some other folks playing Starfinder out in the world. The majority of the cast of Experience Points podcasts say hello to Kelric, Punder and Miu. Hi, everyone. Hello. <laughs> how, are, how are you all doing tonight? Really I'm doing good. All right. Doing great. Yeah. Yeah, super uh, excited for this. Yeah, it's it's been a little while, I think. We 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 first started chatting online last year, maybe about talking about Starfinder, talking about podcasting, and it has taken a while to get you on the show. Very difficult to nail down with your with your busy schedules. Thank you for being here. Absolutely, thanks for inviting us. And yeah, I I wrote to you guys before I was actually I had the whole cast together to mm-hmm. ask questions about just general podcasting and editing so you guys were so kind and just welcoming that i've just been a huge fan of your 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 shows Uh, thank you i was definitely in teacher mode because the best way to learn how to do something is to (laughs) pretend you know know enough (laughs) to explain it to someone else uh (laughs) i I definitely had only been uh, editing for like (laughs) two or three months at that point so i was still very novice myself and hopefully this audio comes out <laughs> nice <laughs> enough to prove that i've learned something in, in about the year it's taken me to uh to get to this point so that yeah that, that was uh, the first time uh, we got to speak online but since then you guys uh, a few months back have started the eq points uh experience points podcast and playing with one another online like we are, which is awesome, first mm-hmm. off, I think it is uh, online play, something very, very different from sitting around a table, but it's still like, I wouldn't say even more valid, but is as fun if that is the only option that uh, that you have. You all are in three different states, if memory serves. That's correct. Mm-hmm. I think true we're in, well, no, we're in four, right? Yeah. Yeah. So take that. Ha. Yeah. <laughs> oh, got a one up us one there. More. Okay. I all see the, how we're doing this. All the two of them are like <laughs> right next to each other. So, <laughs> but I, I've uh, always had a, a soft spot for people taking that plunge, uh, recording your your game sessions, and and putting them out there for for people to listen to. Uh, Mio, I want to uh, congratulate you on what you've been able to do so far. Not only in uh, getting this game together, but uh, you are 100% homebrew. Is that correct? Yes, 100% homebrew. So everything, if you guys go and download and listen to Experience Points right now, is (laughs) something that you've created uh, wholesale and in a pretty short amount of time, I gather? Uh, Pretty much. To be honest, Mm -hmm. uh, 90% of the time, I don't know what I'm doing until about 10 minutes before I do it, so... (laughs) All right. That sounds like a lot of GMs, actually. (laughs) No, Uh, really? Not a not a bad thing, but it is 
I mean, a courageous thing <laughs> because, uh, yeah, some people, that's what they think jamming is. You know, you, you never know what's going to happen when you sit down at the table. And for that reason, it's, you know, there, there's a big hurdle into jumping into to GMing. Um, can, can you tell us uh, if there are listeners out there that haven't heard an episode of uh, EQ Points? What are they what are they getting into if they, they jump into your your guys's podcast? So it's uh, I always say it's a bunch of queer people gallivanting about the universe, uh, committing shenanigans, uh, which is pretty <laughs> much where we're at. Uh, but you're getting into just following a group of people as they try to unravel some, some deep intrigue. Uh, it mm-hmm. starts with them getting some revenge on someone that did them all wrong and then uh, trying to find out who their mysterious benefactor is. And mm-hmm. currently they're on a search for the adventure hook. That, I mean, that's a, a great, you know, assemble the party kind of uh, storytelling mechanic. And it's, I mean, it's, it's been used in so many great pieces of classic literature. Isn't that uh, uh, the Count of Monte Cristo? <laughs> like everyone uh, comes yeah. together and it's I, like, I actually yeah, they get these was, guys. I was actually pretty inspired by uh, Curse of the Crimson Throne. The, the mm. first little bit that you play there uh, was yeah. my inspiration for that because uh, I had just been running that. And I was like, oh, that's a really good way to bring everyone together and give them a reason to be part of a party. And let yes. us keep our memories for a change. <laughs> Prison, yes, we had all our gear. Awesome. <laughs> if if uh, if we weren't doing Dead Sons, I more than likely would have taken one of the amazing Pathfinder APs and just been like, what would this be like in space? <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah and uh it, it's it's probably um important to mention that this is half the cast so uh Kel and Punder and then you also have uh Megan and Taylor uh who who aren't here this evening but that rounds out you have a, a four person crew Miu yes uh mm-hmm. four four people four players it's a, such a sweet number Mwah, so good for <laughs> Starfinder perfect what why don't uh real quick the players, why don't you guys tell us just a little bit something about your guys's PCs? Why don't you go first, Punder? All right. Um, yeah, my uh, player character is Absco Cash. Um, they um, are a Verthani, um, and it's the race that's from the planet Versus. Mm-hmm. And typically, they are all very much about augmentations. Absco doesn't really have many of them. Um, they're kind of naive about the world, but um, they take their. Um, uh, racial or species abilities um, and use them as like uh, being a bounty hunter investigator type person. And so um, they got really intertwined with the person, um, uh, a Gideon, who um, who everyone kind of uh, really hates because they got double crossed by him. In mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Kiel. I play a noir named Angus Brahman. He's got a very very terrible Scottish accent (laughs) half the time. Good. And and (laughs) he's a Solarian. And I've since, you know, a big part of creating experience points is that we don't see a lot of reflections of gay people in gaming, particularly on podcasts, or we Mm -hmm. didn't, we became podcasters and all of these wonderful Twitter podcasters friended us. And suddenly I'm like, Oh, there are more cool. (laughs) (laughs) So I made him pretty gay. Like he's got <laughs> his moat is this giant pink thing that turns into a pink battle axe. The the, and, the battle axe is great. <laughs> I love it yeah. so much. Well, and then one of our listeners 
sent me this tell asking if it, my uh, was it the burst power supernova. Mm-hmm. My supernova looked like a glittery pink bath bomb, and I'm like, it does now. So, <laughs> so yeah, amazing. It's super fun. I uh, love noirs so much. They might be my favorite playable. Uh, mm-hmm. race in mm-hmm. Starfinder. It's uh, I, w- I was lucky enough to get the boon for my Starfinder Society character, and that's my nice. my main my main in Starfinder Society. That gore ability just is so nice. Oh, that's great. The the movement is great. Uh-huh. There's some other really cool ones. <laughs> Unfortunately, they can't use maze cores in Starfinder Society, but just I love everything like their backstory. You know mm-hmm. everything about the the new war. I'm really excited because we have two Noir on our crew. Yeah. It happened completely independent. So Taylor created uh, her character, Phaedra, who is also Noir. And Mm -hmm. so join our backstories. And between the two of us, we've just gotten enough time for our PCs to start making our first maze core together. So that's super cool. Yeah, no, I I just I enjoy everything about them. I like that Mm -hmm. they... uh, how they tied it into some of the, the Minotaur lore from Pathfinder. I'm just a, I'm a big noir fan. Absolutely. <laughs> right. So, I mean, we, we can go on about experience points, but <laughs> I think best way to experience is just like jump right in. Like uh, you, you guys, you can find episodes like where we can get podcasts, but you also have them up on your YouTube channel, right? Mm-hmm. We have yes. uh, some poorly edited video up on YouTube, indeed. <laughs> Not, no, I've <laughs> I've been watching. They're actually quite well edited. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking <laughs> Thank about. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, let's let's uh, get into it. Um, it. It's so rare that we get to have like a, a full on uh, discussion, besides maybe the people that we've been playing with about Starfinder. It's almost, I think, by the time people are listening to this, the one year anniversary of yeah. Starfinder. Uh, oh, jeez. Yeah. How, right? <laughs> Sounds like it just came out yesterday. It does. It's been a very <laughs> fast year. What, what do you guys think on, on this milestone about the game and, uh, and your experiences with it so far? Any any big insights into gaming or gaming for a crowd you'd like to share? Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's so interesting because it, it seems to have come at the the time when a uh, tabletop role-playing game has reached this kind of surge. Mm. And so um, tapping into the sci-fi fantasy genre, like unlike any other game has to date, um, has really been noticed by a lot of people. And I think it's brought a lot of excitement back into tabletop uh, role-playing gaming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. They started the planning, I think, for this right around when Paizo was like, yeah, we're going to do Pathfinder 2 and develop the rules kind of next to one another. But yeah, that was like, I think the decision probably came about three years ago <laughs> um, to, to make this. So it's, you know, from concept, very new. Um, and that, uh, like I said, is around that point where there's just this resurgence where, I don't know, when it happened, but <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons became like cool overnight. And I was like, "What? <laughs> right? Where?" I blame um, what Critical Role and all these other you know big oh. uh, gamers. Bam, the Adventure Zone. Yeah, Adventure Zone. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. making it cool. Um, <laughs> and and also just opening it up 
uh, to everyone for the first time. It's out of you know the the basement is the is the uh, the joke. I, I you know you, people might still be playing in their basements, but uh, I'm recording in the basement right hey, now. You're yeah, you're right. in the basement right now. But no, um, I went to an adventure show a couple weeks ago, and the audience was I would say vast majority uh, female, which was amazing to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been a big fan of the McElroy brothers, you know, since the beginning. So yeah, it's, it's all, uh, it's just such a great energy right now in, in gaming. And, uh, yeah. and one of the cooler things about Starfinder in particular is the way, I mean, it's really what made me decide to do podcasting because mm-hmm. I was really passionate about the idea of getting an all queer cast together and playing mm-hmm. Starfinder because they've got different species that have, you know, multiple you're not stuck with a binary gender or mm-hmm. the asexual or they have the serums of sex change that are you can't use them as a weapon against someone it's just mm-hmm. you can have it and it can affect you if you choose for it to but otherwise it doesn't so it just gave people that flexibility and felt as welcoming as we've always wanted rpgs to be so it was a huge it- draw yeah, I mean, from day one, they knew what they were doing, just building equality into the core rule book, which was great to see. I opened up that book and I was like, this this is unlike almost any other settings in tabletop role playing games, which was a, a breath of fresh air. But yeah, in addition to that, the you know, like you said, the races, the I think just kind of open discussion about pronouns in, in various mm-hmm. points of the adventure path, I, I thought was, was very uh, refreshing. And also, uh, I mean, it, it fulfills kind of the promise of a, a futuristic game where I think <laughs> the vast majority of people are, are more concerned about, you know, horrific alien space monsters and, you know, uh, philosophical questions as opposed to, you know, the mundane, um, the quotidian of, uh, I, I think, in, in Star Trek, the <laughs> the example was um, Picard. Patrick Stewart is like, would you know anyone mention he was bald? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, they came back. It's like in the future, no one cares. <laughs> like it's just no one care if he. Uh, how how about the, how about how the ca- the character of Captain Picard took command of the Enterprise in his sixties? <laughs> oh yeah, if you do the math. That man's in his sixties when he takes command of that ship. But I, mm-hmm. I digress. That's an, that's another one as well. Yeah, age in in the I think this world um, has been de-emphasized, which is really nice. Um, no sexual dimorphism among any of the the species. Something that they actually had to take out from from Pathfinder, which is you know showing them changing things up for the better. Um, how have you all found the gameplay? Have you have you been really enjoying uh combat in particular i've been enjoying running it uh you Mm -hmm. know i run so much pathfinder there's just enough that's the same like if you've if you've run pathfinder you can run starfinder almost no problem uh i agree but it's i i found it to be a lot of fun a lot more emphasis on ranged combat and having to pay a little Mm. more attention to cover but there aren't all these crazy floating modifiers where you're sitting there going all right you get plus three from this and minus two from that and plus seven mm-hmm. from this and minus four for that and having to do 20 minutes of math to go you get it plus three 
Yeah, no. Um, as a GM, you've got like a plus two or plus four to to give your monsters, you know, based on mm-hmm. cover. And then as a player, you can basically make one or two attacks to give it that, you know, plus or minus uh, <laughs> or, or minus four, I should say, for the the full attack. But yeah, it, um, I think one of the reasons I was okay <laughs> uh, making our game which was uh, Pathfinder before we started Starfinder uh, into a podcast is because um, of that promise of those combats being snappier, being more action packed. And I think, I think it's really delivered in that front. Um, you guys um, have had some space combat as well. What are your, what are your thoughts <laughs> on space combat? Oh, if I never have to edit out people counting space hacks. <laughs> oh, don't, don't get me now. started. My, Miles uh, is our pilot, and he does it every time. We've got it's a, me on, on, on the show, and it sounds like I'm <laughs> choreographing something like one and two and turn and three and turn and two. Oh, <laughs> oh it's yeah. Like, okay, it, it's, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, it's like there's no way to make this more theater of the mind. I'm like, I'm going northeast sort of now. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's I found it to be so as naval combat goes or mm-hmm. naval-based combat goes, this is probably one of the best systems I've seen. Which oh, shows yeah. you how poorly naval-based combat <laughs> well, transitions to tabletop because it is so technical. In addition to the the, the naval aspect of it, uh, some things that I think are very difficult systems to to replicate, like the critical damage and the shields mm-hmm. and like you know uh, diverting power and stuff like that. Very important sci-fi tropes. For, for space combat, I think they nailed, which, oh, you know, yeah. a, a lot of people mm-hmm. were have pointed out some of the inconsistencies and some of the difficulties of Starship combat and uh, always gloss over the fact that it feels like you're on the bridge of the Serenity or the um, the Enterprise or, you know, whatever uh, uh, ship du jour you'd like to pick. And, yeah. you know, your actions matter, you know, whether you be engineer or on the guns. So I, I think in that aspect, it was very successful. Oh, yeah. I, I think it is one of the best. Sorry. I, I think it is one of the best versions that I've seen for space combat. Uh, and it works exceedingly well, I think, if you're on the tabletop or mm-hmm. on, you know, mm-hmm. if you're just playing that. As far as it goes for creating a show to put out there, <laughs> it's uh, a, it, it could probably it's a tough use sell. a little work, especially for an audio mm-hmm. show. So we're, we're actually been discussing and looking at possibly tweaking the system to make it a little more theatrical just for the purpose of podcasting Mm -hmm. we've we've actually had very similar conversations about uh, how how we it's very easy to see stuff when you're looking at it on the screen but if you're not you know doing the you know bring us about one four two mark six seven eight and you know Mm -hmm. just the the sci-fi techno babble to (laughs) Spice it up a little bit. Yeah, no, we well, gotta gotta get that techno babble down. And because it's so visual, it's really hard to continue doing any sort of voice acting <laughs> while you're looking at the strategy of it and what other people are doing. So, you know, that's something that we're also talking about is making sure that our characters continue to interact as characters <laughs> rather than Deja vu, Drew. Here's the role. (laughs) Yeah, I think we've had that same conversation. (laughs) But yeah, I've heard from people playing around an actual physical table that it you know goes a lot faster. It's a lot more fun. You know, 
Yeah. You get to roll dice. You get to move around this cool board with these cool miniatures. Yeah. There's a lot more strategic conversation between people instead of mm. just one person making the call for their particular mm. thing. Yeah. I, well, I really do enjoy the space combat aspect of it. It just did not translate well for our first couple of episodes <laughs> that we did it. Oh, you don't get Tell us. <laughs> In our case, you know, Punder really drives not to be, you know, <laughs> there. He is our pilot, but he drives oh, the action for us because he's the one who is strategically placing us for the rest of us to figure out what to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and yeah. he's very, very good at that. So yeah. that's a real boon to our show is having a pilot who's like, yeah, we want to be exactly here because I don't visualize it myself. I'm like, I don't know. Is that right? Sure. <laughs> Drew, who's, who's going to be the pilot in season two? Oh, man. Um <laughs> The answer is Jabert. He's <laughs> he's got he's got a computer brain. <laughs> um, before we go, can we talk a little bit about um, maybe some homebrew elements that you uh, uh, specifically Mew have introduced into your campaign, whether here or the other games you play? Something that is uh, completely original. Uh, so one of one of my favorite bits about this homebrew campaign that I'm doing here mm-hmm. is uh, so so in all the Starfinder games that I run because I run seriously like eight to ten games a week depending. That's on insane. Week. That's too many. It is. It is. <laughs> but I, I do it, and uh, I have this kind of rule in my Pathfinder games that all of our games occur in the same universe or at least parallel universes if there's two groups running the same AP. Mm-hmm. And so they all are happening kind of at the same time throughout Galarian. So if someone drops a character, they can pick it up in another AP, and it is canon that their character left that region of the world and went to this other region of the world. That's fun. Well, what Solomon, in, if you listen to ours, Solomon is actually a PC from one of my Pathfinder games. And it's the same thing with a... Well, by the time this comes out, we might have the... the PC or the NPC named yet, uh, but it, has, it hasn't it hasn't been revealed yet. But I have another PC or another NPC that uh, is a PC in another game, and so I think that's one of my favorite things is being able to pick up PCs from one game and drop them as NPCs in another game. Uh, I threatened Jabert because he might at our home table game uh, GM a Pathfinder, a first edition Pathfinder game, and I said if we do Iron Gods, then I'm going to play like. Andis uh, five. <laughs> you better prepare for that. Spoilers, everyone, for the last couple of weeks episodes. Um, Clockwork Andis. Yeah. Basically, well, the, the the other thing for me is just always rule of cool. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, it, it's it's there's so many times that I look at it and I go raw that doesn't quite work, but you know what? It entertains me. <laughs> so go for it. We do try to do that a lot. It's like, what can we do to make me? stuff their fist in their mouth so not laughing so that we can get away with it. <laughs> well, okay, so like one example is um, Cal come up, came up with this idea because we were going to EOX for something. He was like, you know it would be really gross but really awesome? Oh. Neoxian Nude Beach. <laughs> oh, no. It's like that scene from um, The Shining <laughs> when they <laughs> opened up when uh, Jack got into the room 327. Uh-huh. Gross. 
Turn yeah, away uh, Etsy. We, we give Mew some of these ideas and um, they a run with them. them. More, more than you realize, like so much <laughs> of what I do is just someone says something completely innocuous and I'm like, yes, we are that. <laughs> That's going to be like a whole five episode arc. Let's go. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I've definitely taken uh, bits and bobs from players when they least expect it and like, uh, this this minor thing in their backstory. This is gonna be huge. <laughs> they don't even know yeah. it. <laughs> I think the best part about homebrewing really is that first of all, no one can you know get a hold of the the script and find out what's coming up. So it really is completely <laughs> new to everyone. And then you don't have a script to follow, which makes it a lot harder because you have to sit here and go. I mean, I spend more time sitting here going, oh, my God, what am I going to do with these people? What am I going yeah, to no. lay like in I front said, of them? And then all of a sudden I'm like, OK, well, we'll do this and this and this and this. And the other thing is you can switch things up literally in the middle, like where we're at. I had lined mm-hmm. up four combat encounters. And after the first one, they started bragging about how that last one didn't do any damage. So I went, OK, <laughs> no more combat encounter for you. Oh, that here's, was here's a trap encounter, and then there's uh, then I was like, okay, well, here's the nude beach, <laughs> and that was you know? that was one person. The rest of us told them to shut up right away. <laughs> <laughs> Don't anger the GM. <laughs> and but it, I was able to switch my plans like right in the middle of everything, and it was you know, there's no one going, oh, well, you missed out on this bit or that bit because there's no bit to miss out on. Yeah, no, exactly, and well, they. Uh, no one can um, complain if, if something <laughs> is uh, actually too easy or too hard because you'd be like, oh, well, just you wait. Next week, I'm taking your feedback and we're, we're going to dial it in just right. Well, and speaking of, you know, giving feedback and, you know, these homebrew things, one of the things that's been really cool with our podcast and you, uh, their ability to be flexible is we've had uh, one guest uh, who as a friend of mine from another podcast come on and I was like, can we make a character for them? Mm-hmm. And me was like, yeah, just give me a, a couple of weeks. And then went behind my back, talked to my friend, gave them all this backstory stuff. And they started doing stuff that none of us <laughs> <was happening. laughs> until they left. We were like, wait, what? Huh? Uh. <laughs> and that's going to be kind of a recurring theme of, we're just going to bring on random guests who, you know, <laughs> get to screw with us apparently according to me <laughs> pretty <laughs> sneaky gm <laughs> we, we've got to wrap it up here before we have a too much fun this evening but before we do can you tell everyone if they are looking to find you online whereabouts they might look that's a punder thing <laughs> um you can find us on our website at www.experiencepoints.com you can also Spelled- find us Exactly like you would think. Exactly like you. Yeah, exactly. Don't put too much thought into it, but don't (laughs) let Google autocorrect you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, We're also on Twitter. Uh, Our our handle there is at EQ points. And we've got, we're fortunate enough to be on iTunes, Spotify, Google play podcasts. And I don't know, we use anchor for most of our stuff and they have just sent us to so many aggregators. So nice, easy to find. Yeah, no, wherever, wherever you get your podcasts, looking at your, your sidebar now, it's uh, basically wherever, wherever people <laughs> listen to them. And then like I, I mentioned earlier, I was watching uh, some episodes to catch up this evening on your guys' YouTube channel. Make sure to check them out there too. 
Yeah. Right. So thank you all for being here this evening. Uh, we will have to check back in on the campaign before too long. But uh, until then, yeah, thanks. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for oh, having thank us. so much for having us. This has been a blast. Drew, as always, thank you. You're welcome, Patrick. Everyone, <laughs> everyone, have a great night. I did. I did a little hand salute move too. It was really oh, cool, boy. but nobody it. saw it. No, I it's fine. I'm so glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> All right, everyone, have a great night, and we'll we'll talk again soon. All right, All right thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.